Hi guys, and welcome to The Trading Desk. Today, Jason and I discuss the best ways to introduce your friends to the world of watches. Stay tuned. Oh, well, hi there. Hi, welcome. Welcome back to another episode of The Trading Desk. My name is Joshua Thanos, and this is my life partner, my my co-pilot, my best bud, Jason Maine. My name's Maine. Jason Maine. That's Jason Maine. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Yeah. Thursdays. It is a Thursday. Day before Friday. Waste. Oh, hey. Hey, the volume. No volume. All right, guys. So, uh, yeah, man. Welcome back. We are uh, we're back here, and we're going to be talking about basically the opposite of what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about watches that nobody can afford. Now, we're going to talk about watches that basically everyone can afford. But first... What do we do, Jay? Full spectrum, all right? Uh, first one's wrist shots? Yeah, man. Why? This is going to be so good. Why are we different. doing this? Don't do it now. <laughs> because it's what we do, man. It is what we do. Let's see if we can get around Here, that gigantic box. So what Jason has on his wrist is the 42-millimeter Explorer 2. That's a 216570 reference. This is his newest purchase, and it has an engraving on the back. Is that right, Jason? It does. Why does it have an engraving on the back? Because I was lucky enough to get this directly from Rolex. Damn. Our friends at Rolex. Yes, if you're a Rolex employee or employee of an authorized dealer, you, in certain circumstances can have employee purchase and this is a watch that jason will keep for the entirety of his life and beyond and beyond that's right so this is the polar variant the white dial they make this this watch in a white dial and a black dial the 42 millimeters it has the large orange hand uh throwback to the original steve GMT. mcqueen right yep. the, the was it the six uh what was the reference on that why am i uh it's a 16 six five something like that mm, it's already got some love on it. it remind me of the of the reference that this is the is it one six six five? Why am I? I'm totally blanking on this. Somebody in the in the comments, please let me know. The original Steve McQueen Explorer with the orange hand. Wouldn't venture to guess. Okay. Well, it's bad that you don't know that. And you yeah. have this watch, but yeah. So that's Jason's mm -hmm. wrist on his wrist, and uh, similar to last week, my wrist shot. And I have the Omega Seamaster three hundred. This is titanium and rose gold. Blue dial, blue bezel. It's a no date automatic movement and uh this so little backstory i just picked this up a little while ago this watch uh, i had the same watch uh but in stainless steel with a black dial and black bezel um and uh it had to trade it because it, it didn't really wear as comfortable as i'd like it to it moved on the wrist a bit and wear better on, it wore better on a strap than it did on a bracelet and i wanted at that time uh, that you uh, that I, I wanted a bracelet watch, so I ended up trading that watch. And when this one came about, I put on the wrist and uh, immediately fell in love. It is maybe the most um, comfortable watch I've ever had on a bracelet. It doesn't move. the The weight and balance is unbelievable on this watch. It being titanium and rose, and the retail on this is hellacious. It's a fifteen thousand dollars retail. Jason, would you pay fifteen thousand dollars for this watch? I would not. Okay, I venture to say you did not. No, I didn't. It, and pre-owned. The thing about this watch is because it. It wasn't a great seller through retail. Um, this watch pre-owned, you can pick up for a, a pretty sweet discount. So you can pick it up almost half of, of the original retail, probably like between seven and eight thousand bucks is really where you find these watches. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, normally I have a nice rotation of watches, but I've been wearing this constantly. Um, kind of been scratching it up a little bit more than I like. So we'll see. I'll probably end up putting it back in the watch box and letting it chill for a bit. But yeah, that's what I got on my wrist. That's what you have on your wrist. Uh, next segment, Jason. Both. Uh New purchases, Someone, new acquisitions. Yeah, basically, yours is truly new. Mine's new to me. 
Um, all right, so next segment is uh, trending watches. That's right. This is a segment in which we discuss the watches that have the, the most views or clicks on our website, watchbox.com, throughout the week. So let's see. Do we have a graphic? Oh, Ooh. we do. Oh, wow. All right. So starting with number five, Jason, what is that? That is a uh, big pilot. That's the uh, St. Exuberi edition. What brand is that, Jason? IWC. There you go. Okay. So IWC, uh, St. Exuberi. This is the perpetual counter, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Is that in titanium? Or is uh, that white gold? No, I don't think that's titanium. Okay. Interesting. Let's see here. So uh, that is the the fifth most clicked on watch. The fourth is a very interesting watch. So you go from a watch that's probably between twenty dollars and $30,000 back down to a watch that's probably between like two dollars and $3,000. The Momo Design Pilot's Chrono. Yeah. The retail of number four is what the cost of number five is to make, probably. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, and so the Momo, what kind of movements are they using? Are they Salita? I believe it's, yeah, I believe it's like an S2000 Salita movement. So that'll actually, maybe we'll talk about that in the next segment. Um, you know, it's definitely an entry-level watch. Um, let's see if I can pull up the price point on that thing. Um, and while I do that, why don't you tell us about number three, Jay? Yeah, so number three is uh, is your GMT Master Two. Uh that's in the black and red, so the Coke variant. Mm -hmm. um, I should pull serial number on and see how old that one is. I think that uh, it's interesting to see the top three Rolex. Uh, you know, no that's surprise right. there because you guys are all looking at them at mm -hmm. the same time. But um, it's kind of the only uh, kind of the older vintage Coke, which is, I guess, uh, been catching on a lot lately. We've been seeing a lot of people with the demand for the newer Pepsi. Uh, going back to like the the one six seven fives stuff like that, mm -hmm. um, that one seems to have a little flex in the bracelet. But yeah, it looks like it. And and uh, right now, if you're looking for value in like between the Coke and the Pepsi, the Cokes tend to be selling a little bit less than the Pepsis. I'm gonna pull up the price point here. I probably should have had these pulled up. I apologize. All right, let's see here. Emily sent the link. And uh, okay. Let's see what we got going on here. Shout out to Emily for the market research. Yeah, well, she just pulls for us. I appreciate her doing that because I don't know how to do this. So, the price point on the Momo design is fifteen hundred. By the way. Okay. So yes. okay. So here we have a. Let's see what serial number that Coke is. That's an E serial uh, Coke. So that's going to be what uh, late nineties E serial? No, no, no. That's late eighties. Late eighties uh, E serial GMT Master Two Coke, and this is an eighty four fifty per uh, sale price, which. <laughs> I mean, if you two or three years ago, that would be an absurd ass price. Now right. it's actually like seems very reasonable. These watches, this one doesn't have box papers, but if it was a Pepsi bezel, it would probably be asking a little bit over ten. I remember five years ago, those were fifty four hundred bucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, nobody cared. Yeah, this has patina on the dial, tradium dial. It's very mm, interesting. Tradium. So, all right, and that one's eighty four fifty is, is the asking price on our website. Which seems probably going to be within market. Um, to go back to the big pilot. So that watch is okay. Stainless steel perpetual counter. Uh, that's a watch that we have listed asking eighteen nine fifty. So for perpetual calendar, big pilot, uh, the fifth most clicked on watch this week has been a watch that has an asking price of eighteen nine fifty. The Momo fifteen hundred dollar watch again, super entry price. So one of the one of the nice things with that uh, big pilot uh -huh. when you get a perpetual calendar in a watch of that size is how much dial real estate you get to be able to display the perpetual calendar. Sometimes you get these thirty seven millimeters, and they're just everything's crunched together. It's one of the nice layouts with this uh, with this dial. I like the dial real estate. I like yeah. it. It's a good term. And what's really cool about the IWC perpetual calendars is that you can set them all with the crown. Yeah. And so people don't realize that. There's no pushers for that watch. The Portuguese is the same way. Mm -hmm. I had a customer who uh, who bought one from me, and he was like, hey, like, how do I set this? I'm like, it's all on the crown. It's very simple. I actually sent him a, a video that Tim made. 
Um, so there's there's some value there too. All right, so we have uh, $19,000 IWC Big Pilot Perpetual Calendar, a Momo Design Pilot's Chrono entry level piece for a $1,500. Which kind of uh, fits what we're talking about later in the show. Exactly. Um, uh, an $8,500, I guess you call it vintage GMT Master 2 Coke and Steel. Then the next watch, which is probably out of the lineup, my favorite. Really? It's, yeah, it's absurd. It's silly. It's got the wood teak dial, right? So, yeah. So that's a, let's see what the reference was on that piece. So this is a vintage Datejust in 18K gold. This is a 36 millimeter with a, uh, like a teak wood dial. Thing is unbelievable. It's pretty see. cool. That is a 7.5 million serial. So I don't have it off the top of my head. I can look it up. I have a chart. If anybody's watching, you guys can throw it up in the chat. 7.4 million serial. So it's going to be 70s, I believe. 1970s gold Datejust on a strap. That watch is, I mean, it's classy. Right, that's it. it's a it's a good way to get a lot of bang for the buck. Um, if it had a bracelet, you know, you're talking about uh, much 10. much more money. What do we have this listed for? Eight grand, seventy nine fifty. Yeah, so for eight thousand dollars sub eight grand uh, gold Rolex, mm -hmm. you know, that's not a president, and it's got a lot of wrist presence. Yeah. Um, so long as you're comfortable wearing the thirty six millimeter. Well, it's unisex. Yeah, I, I mean, mean I could cool wear a thirty six millimeter in some in some situations. I would, you know, not as a sport watch, not as an everyday, but that's a cool watch to go out maybe on a Saturday night with your chick if you're going to some funky party or something. Right. You want something that's low key, but also maybe a like a conversation piece. It's a vintage Rolex, all right. And then the last thing, let's throw the graphic up one more time. The last one is that's not a Zenith, is that? A, no, it's a one six. 520, yeah, so that is the Zenith Movement Daytona. So this is a $24,000 stainless steel Daytona. So if you remember correctly, maybe this might allude to our topic of, of, for next week, which mm -hmm. we're going to talk about the uh, the current Rolex and paddock bubble. But this was a watch that three and a half, four or five years ago was a watch that dealers like us were paying as low as five and as much as seven thousand dollars for selling it for as little as seven and as much as like eight or nine grand. So this is a product of the Rolex bubble, but that's the number one most viewed watch of the week. So what does that tell us? I know that there was an auction the other night. Um, I know Paddock, uh, Paddock fifty seven eleven blue went for seventy thousand dollars. Crazy. So things keep going up. Right. Um, so I'm guessing that this is a product of the of the Rolex bubble. Um, I wonder which one of these watches will sell by next week. Uh, the Momo for sure. <laughs> I think I, that was my guess too. The Momo. I actually had a customer asking me about the um, the date just this week. We were trying to work out a trade, but he I think he decided it was a little too small for his wrist. Um, but it's know, a cool piece, but it's so quirky that it like it's not. It's definitely not your only Rolex. I would love. So my wife has a stainless steel Cartier. I've mm -hmm. been wanting to get her into watches on on straps. She's not doesn't wear watches on straps. I would absolutely love to purchase that watch for her. Maybe buy her a few different colored straps, like some purple or green or something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Especially in some Miami. Red. We're going out in downtown Miami or Fort Lauderdale or even West Palm Beach on, or uh, Delray and Atlantic Ave. Mm -hmm. That would be a cool, funky watch to wear. And she takes good care of her watches. She doesn't beat the hell out of them like I do. So right. interesting. So maybe the, the Rolex will be the watch that, there you that, go. that uh, gets sold quick. Sold so, quickly to you. All right, guys. That was trending watches. Um... Let's see here. We have any good comments? Yeah, people are talking. As they uh, always oh, so, are. Oh, thank you, Diego OG. He says 7.4 million a series is a 1983. So that's a 1983 uh, Rolex. Uh, so, I mean, so, okay, let's put this in perspective. So you have a Daytona, okay, a chronograph with no date, and it's uh, it's a piece that's nice everyday wear, but it's not very useful in terms of the, the function of the watch, right? And it's a watch that used to trade for well under 10. 
and that's a $24,000 watch now. Then next to it, you have a true vintage solid gold date just on a Rolex strap and Rolex buckle asking $7,500. Like, yeah. where's the value? So one thing that I've been talking about a lot lately is value for dollars versus the buy and the sell. So some watches are going to be watches that you you know you buy because the value is in the buy and the sell. So you're buying this watch and it'll probably go up in, a, up in value in the next few years and then you'll sell it for more dollars. Then there's value for dollars, right? So maybe if you buy that Datejust, that you might not be able to get what you paid out of the watch. Right. It might cost you a thousand, fifteen hundred, two grand to own that watch for five or six thousand, uh, five or six years. There's a slight possibility it goes up, but the value for dollars, what you get for the amount of money you're spending, it's without a doubt it's in the day chest, right? Yeah, I would, I would say it's also probably got the longest uh, lifespan in a collection. I think that that's special enough that you put that in your collection, you keep it for a long time. Yeah, you know the uh, you buy the the Daytona. If the market dumps, more than likely somebody's going to sell it. Um, you know, unless they're replacing one that they used to have or something like that. The other watches are all uh, value propositions, or uh, I don't think you're keeping the IWC for more than two or three years. Uh, seems to be the trend with the big pilots. So I, I definitely think the Datejust is uh, probably the, the piece that sticks around from that top yeah, five. Yeah. Well, it's not going to be highly tradable either, really. So that's yeah, probably... We were talking about that earlier with, like, one of the watches in your collection, one of mine. It's oh, like, yeah. it's a forever watch because, I mean, what I'm going to get for it just doesn't make sense. So Right. All right, cool. So uh, that was Trending Watches for the week. Uh, if you guys uh, are surprised by any of this, uh, send us an email. Send one to Jay. All right. Um, so next segment, what we want to talk about the meat of the show today is basically what we described in the title, which is how to get your friends into watches. So how do you introduce the world of watches to your friends? Uh, I mean, if you're like me, you have a lot of friends who know nothing about watches, don't understand why people spend any money on watches, and almost scoff and laugh at it, right? I think we've all been there. You know, um, anytime you collect something and people know that you collect it, then you become that guy. And... Uh, you know they want to know why why you see value there or what you you know what your thought process is guys will walk over and say oh you're the watch guy what are you wearing right why would you spend that kind of money on a watch like how do you bridge that topic to them and, and kind of convey what you see and uh that's so, kind of what we want to talk about right so i mean there's ways to go about it i mean so if i showed say my watch to a uh, to a buddy of mine and told him yeah this is a fifteen thousand dollar retail he doesn't understand what that like why this watch would be worth fifteen thousand dollars or right. why somebody would pay that or why the the purchase price is so i have friends who in monetarily financially are much more successful than me making two three four times the amount, the amount of money that i right. do but they can't bring themselves to spend that kind of money on a luxury good or or something that they put on the wrist they look at even, it like it's frivolous right they've never even tried to justify that kind of expense you know they, they just they could, head around they it. just never really thought about why a watch would cost that or why right. they would spend that on it because they're perfectly content with whatever they wear or right. they don't wear something. Exactly. So you have two options. You can say, you can give them double middle fingers and you say, hey man, keep walking. Or if they're a good friend that you care about and you want to share your love for watches because, you know, once you go down the rabbit hole, there's there's true, like it's a, yeah. it's a fun hobby. There is a lot of love that goes into it, right? You fall in love with watches because it's something that, what else can you buy besides your shoes? What else are you going to, what else can you put on your body every single day? Right, you're not gonna wear the same shoes, same, right. uh, same clothes every day. You're not gonna wear right. So you have something that's number one, it's built to last. Number two, there is monetary value in it, so it's something you can buy and sell if you wanted to, and it's something that you can, you can truly have a connection with. Sure, you know, it's it's a mechanical machine. So if you're gonna go the route of trying to get your guys to understand that, well, there's a lot of watches that you can got, you can kind of 
ease your way into have these guys ease their way into the world without breaking the bank and starting at a smaller price point no matter you know how much money say your friend has or family member has it it's easier especially because if the hang up is the price point which it seems like it is for most people i think it's always like the first barrier to entry right. is the price because that's what you have to justify if they're to the point where they're they're considering a watch then they've already decided like the concept of wearing a watch works for them mm-hmm. So you're not so much trying to overcome like, you know, because you don't use your phone or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're going to buy a watch. Then next thing is the price. These are also uh, good price points when you're considering that maybe uh, how you get your friend into watches is you give them one. Right. um, Or you give something to them, which I know both you and I have done in Mm -hmm. the past. And uh, I've never given somebody a watch that didn't turn into them. Either every time I see them, they love what they're wearing and they're still wearing it. And they're like, man, this is great. Or now they have a whole collection. Right. So it, it's definitely, like you said, it's, it's a rabbit hole. We all know it. We've all been on the you know, the hunt for the next piece and sure. had to slip, pump the brakes and slow ourselves down. <laughs> um, it can definitely become a consuming habit. So um, and there's I something... think we got some cool stuff to oh, like yeah, kind of talk about now. And there's something to, you know, introducing a friend into like a, like a, a new culture, new world yeah. of this stuff. Now you're his guy. You're his guy. But you guys, you know, if you... Like for me, Jason and I are talking about watches constantly, whether it's buying and selling for, for business uh, or for our jobs, or it's just, hey, man, what do you like? You know, constantly we have chat groups where we're just shooting right. things back and forth. So it's good to kind of build a community because, I mean, listen, part of this is, you know, having a community. So uh, let, let me start with uh, a watch that actually I did this for a, for a buddy of mine, and it's the Fortis B42. I think we yep. have a picture of that we can pull up. I sent it into our guys here. So if we could pull it up. But so this watch... For a lot of watch guys, is meaningless. It might be an ugly watch. It's also a brand that doesn't carry a lot of weight. But for a micro brand, an independent, it is. They make some quality watches. Does that have a value seventy seven fifty in there? I believe. Yeah, I believe it does. Okay. It's, it's probably a fifty three variant. Okay. But um, I can actually contest because we've been out drinking the, the three of us, and he's told he's confessed his love for that watch, even though he has other watches now. Yeah. That's the one that like started it right for him. And uh, well, buddy, my know. name Ryan. So he so. Start it back here. He was he had to choose between two watches for his wedding gift from his father. It was, it was between a ceramic Submariner and a um, uh, what do you call it? A Tag Heuer Carrera. Which at that point, where this was probably about seven eight years ago, the price points were within a few thousand of each other. Now they're miles apart. But he was so he ended up getting the Tag Heuer just because he liked the way it looked. Yeah, probably you know it was a rookie mistake. We all make those, right? So he had that watch and it's broken a few times. He doesn't really wear it. Doesn't love it. So I've gotten into watches. This is a buddy of mine that I've known for like 15 years. So obviously, since I've gotten into watches, I've been you know collecting watches here and there. So I ended up with this Fortis, and it just didn't really have a spot in my collection. It ended up being a little bit too big for my wrist. He's six foot three, and again, owns his own company, can easily afford. He can buy Rolex Presidents all day long if he wanted to, right? But he just never understood why to spend this kind of money. So I gifted him the Fortis, and this it, it started his obsession, right? Um, He's he's learned about the movement. He's learned he he understands you know the uh, the different um, uh, uh, what do you call it? the complications on the watch. It is a chronograph. It is a day and a date. So you know it was a great starter watch for a buddy of mine. Didn't really cost me much because they don't trade for a ton. But it was a great entry into the world of watches. So we have a list of watches on our table here, as well as some watches that we talked about. Um, you know we have some pictures. So Jay, I mean, what do you what do you think? So you have a little bit more experience, kind of so. Your background, you worked for a company that was owned by Torneau called, was it Gear? Yeah, it was Watch Gear. It was uh, basically a 
it was the same company, but it was kind of like uh, branded out to be like the entry level, mm-hmm. uh, first floor usually of most stores where, you know, second, third floor, you, you, you know, ascend sure. in, in cost as you get up. Um, so it's kind of like the entry level stuff, um, you know, a lot of Hamilton, a lot of Tiso, a lot of bang for the buck stuff, Oris, uh, Longines, basically I would say, you know, 1000 to $3,000 range, um, which so- is... What we're talking about today. What we're talking about today. They're, these are excellent entry-level watches. These are excellent uh, starting to, you know, there was Seiko in there as well, but e- excellent, like, um, starting to appreciate the, the brands, learning some history. You're not buying something that was, like, you know, came up yesterday. Sure. Like, you know, these brands are, they've been around. They make good stuff. So, yeah, we got some cool stuff. Um, you know, probably one of my all-time favorite bang for the buck watches. Um, we can we have a still. I don't have the watch uh, on the table, but the Hamilton X Wind. Oh yeah. Um, so I never understood Hamilton. Can you give me so pitch me a Hamilton real quick? Uh, Hamilton. Um, so it's been a long time since I've pitched a Hamilton, but uh, in my recollection, I believe it was 1884. Uh, I'll probably get get killed in the comments Brighton, on that. Um, so Lancaster, PA. It's an originally an American watch company. Oh, just down the street um, here. Yeah, they were acquired by Swatch Group some years ago. Uh, all Swiss-made, American origin, but Swiss-made company. Out of Swatch Group, uh, Sapphire Crystals. Auto, majority of the pieces are automatic movements. Um, so the X-Men's a lot automatic? Of bank, yeah, so this is an automatic chronograph. Um, you'll see the inverted uh, day-date, which is kind of cool on this piece. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. It's a 7750 variant movement. Uh, Sapphire Crystal, it's 44 millimeters. It's got a pretty good size on the wrist. This is uh, at 15, I think at the time it was like 15.45 retail. It could be a, a little higher now, I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Um, but this for the longest time, and I think it may still held the record as the most sold Hamilton that exists mm. in the history of the company. They would, they just would fly off the shelves. At 1500 bucks, it's an automatic chronograph date eight, Swiss made, you know, uh, with is a pretty solid movement, yeah. Wow. So is that they were class tremendous values. Uh, no, it's a tang. It's like a double tanged buckle. But they do make. Uh, they did make a deployment version of this on mm-hmm. limited editions that were like black PVD. Um, but I owned one of these uh, like three times, um, and then you know just they ended up moving out of the collection. I'd buy another one, move it out of the collection. Yeah, you can always trade it if you want, um, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's a cool piece. It's a watch that like you can spend fifteen hundred dollars on, and it's always worth the G. Sure. You know, so uh, that was always like my go-to suggestion for a guy that wanted something that was like Breitling-esque or, or chronograph. Sure, without spending four busy, or five grand on but it. not spending five grand. Yeah, exactly. All right. So perfect. So Hamilton, without a doubt, especially, you know, if you have a guy who American, you know, American company, um, a little bit bigger guy, 44 millimeter, it has heritage to it. It's fantastic. Yeah, so start. there's there's a bunch of other stuff. I mean, the, the show's too short to get into it, but like another, uh, the, the khaki field, the frogmen, there's, there's probably five or six very very solid picks sure and then you know they make i don't know 120 skews like there's okay. tons of watches just like tiso but um we know, know, we're getting some switch. love in the in the chat box for hamilton too yeah. this is a good thing no trolls today Fantastic. what uh so, what else you want to jump well, into? so here's a watch that i've actually given as a gift as well um so anonimo if you guys know i like panerai jason likes panerai too yeah anonimo is a brand that um is an offshoot uh started by there you go started by um, watchmakers from uh, Panerai. When Panerai moved from Italy to Switzerland, they started this brand called Anonimo. Um, it's gone out of business, I think, multiple times. Uh, so this is the newest iteration. This is called the Natilo, which uh, we're not going yeah. to laugh about Questionable, that. Questionable, but... Yeah, 
and it has a, an interesting case shape. Uh, but I mean, these watches are you know less than three thousand uh, dollars list price. So actually, I bought one of these it, uh, on an impulse because we had them. We got a whole a whole ton of them. So I bought one of these with a ceramic bezel on an impulse. So it wore, wore a little bit too big for my li for my wrist. See the lugs. Unlike the my my Panerai. Um, uh, Luminor, the lugs are actually kind of long here. So it ended up being a little bit too large for my wrist, so I ended up gifting it to a, another friend of mine, a mechanic friend, who uh, it was sort of like a wedding president. present. He wore like a Nixon watch, like a $60 Nixon watch. So, I mean, he now he gets a watch, a $2,500 watch that's... Uh, uh, is this Italian made? No, it's Swiss made, right? Yeah, it's Swiss. So, <laughs> so who uh, who told you to not not to buy that on an impulse? Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah, Jason. Uh, I was I'm I was very much individual. against that, and he did it anyways. Right. But you know, found if, a good home. <laughs> if you guys haven't noticed, so. one guy here is uh, you know is is uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Um, <laughs> he's gonna over. He's gonna. <laughs> you're gonna over uh, um, research and. Uh, and you know, make sure you're making the right decision. Whereas sure. I'm, I'm pulling, especially with a, all right, watching that. Yeah, you're shooting off the hip, right? So, um, but yeah, so but cool watch, cool history. Um, Anonimo Italian watch company. He likes Ferrari, uh, Ferrari cars. So I said, hey, this is an Italian watch, yeah. well made, blah, blah blah. So he wears that watch on a rubber strap. It's fantastic. Um, some other brands. What do we have here, Jay? Yeah, we pulled uh, this kind of cool piece. Oh, the Nomos. Yeah, this is the. Uh... I don't know if we have a still of a watch, but this is the Nomos uh, Zurich. This is the 40 millimeter, I believe. Um, it's a cool piece. Here, I'm going to show you my favorite part of pretty much so any Nomos. And it's this movement, which to me is like, that's one of the only reasons to buy a Nomos. Um, get this great finishing on a pretty much uh, value-oriented price point. But uh, this is a this is a hardcore watch to get people into watches. Mm -hmm. So speaking to our, our, you know, for the price point, right, automatic it's not your conventional Swiss, so it's something different. Sure. Um, date at the 6 o'clock, something right. different. Mm -hmm. Sub-seconds, so it's got a complication, which is something different. So this is this is ticking a lot of boxes. Um, it, it really depends on who the guy is that right. you're giving the watch to or you're suggesting this for. If he's a very clean, kind of like uh, architectural individual, I think this watch works. If he has an office job. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a it's very a much a 9-to-5 type of watch, but for the type of person that's very analytical and very you know uh, calm mannered it's not a watch that you know I, I think you're strapping your wrist and hang going out to the bar or going you know this is very yeah. much a uh, kind of work casual type German. of watch yeah well it's yeah so if you have a friend who's an engineer something like that who like is into to mechanics but the also fine, the little fine details right, right yeah. exactly that's a watch you consider at the movement all the time and so uh, all day long price point pre-owned you can find that for like 3500 bucks or less so you know that's going to be in the top end range of all these watches here but it's also by far the, the the most finished movement. Yes. Uh, so yeah. So Nomos is a good way to go too. Yeah. If you have if you have somebody who's a little bit more straight laced and doesn't is not looking is not a party animal is not like a sports guy or whatever. That's a fantastic watch to get to get them into. It's pretty much the opposite of this watch. Right. So the, this watch so this is this the, is the other the side of the Black spectrum. Bay, right. So yeah, Tudor Black Bay. Uh, so yeah. if your guy whatever likes Rolex. You, yeah. I mean. Right. Yeah, for a guy that that likes the styling of Rolex but doesn't quite understand what Rolex is or why it costs what it costs, wants something that is a, a good starting point, um, or your guy that has you know all the you know, for me this is a is a kind of a fair player because you can have Rolexes and then have this watch. It doesn't compete you know one no. on one. So this is versatile. This is a good type of watch 
where you can give him this and this will start him, but mm-hmm. it doesn't have to leave the collection once he's done. Yeah. Because it's it can stick around. It's versatile. Um, but this is the opposite. So this is, you know, you can wear this all the time. It's sporty. It can be a little dressy on this strap with the distress. Um, but solid movement, nothing to look at. It's, you know, closed case back as opposed to the Nomos, which, you know, the, well, the, the smoke watch. show is on the back of the, you know, the exhibition case back. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is is pretty much your uh, your awesome tool watch for, call it sub three grand. This is probably the most civilized chat box I've seen yeah. since we started this. Everyone's like, hey, guys, nice watches. Because it's true, because no matter how much you can spend, whatever you can afford, if you're buying paddocks, if you're buying longas and Richard Mills even, you can, st- if you like watches, these are all watches that you can, Wait the until most they part, see what's in here oh that's right yeah we gotta we gotta hurry this up too all right so, all right. so you have again so you have a, a tool watch from a company that's a part of basically you know deriv- derived from rolex so that's also a good entry level um let's run through these pretty quickly we'll leave this one to the last i know it's bell and ross yeah i like bell and ross i got I, a few i uh the first time i started shelling out watches in in some great number was mm-hmm. bell and ross i was selling you know five six seven bell and rosses a week yeah Special editions, limited editions, all these pieces. So this is the, I guess, kind of hard to see on the black. Let me. So that's the uh, 0192. So the original 46 millimeter case, uh-huh. uh, which nowadays most people like the uh, 42. 40, the 40, yeah, the. the I got the 43 case. Diver. It's nice. Um, but the 01 was nice because it was the first piece that actually had like a legitimate two piece case. Um, so this is the OG. This is with the uh, yellow as a limited edition. Yeah. Is that like a East Coast limited edition or something? I know that was like a big deal back in the day. Uh, I'm not sure. So whatever. So again, you know, you guys can decide. Pieces. If you have a friend who's a pilot, you got have a, a guy who likes like funky watches, a little bit more aggressive. You have a square case yeah. from a brand that doesn't have a ton of history, but is but is honest in what it does for the most part, I think, right? All right. What else we have? We have an Omega. So an Omega Aqua Terra. So I, we could have went for a Seamaster. We could have went for a Speedmaster. But if you want something that's that's a little bit lower price point, if you want something that is well-made and very versatile, so a watch somebody can wear all the time, Aqua Terra is a good watch because it's often overlooked, right? So this is in between a uh, – this is basically a dress style of their Seamaster, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's automatic movement, and you can find this watch for probably like $3,500 bucks as well. So this is a great everyday watch. It's a good starter watch, and like that watch – if you say if you spend like three grand for that watch, you're never going to get less than two grand for it. So it'll it'll you know if you're selling it to somebody who's going to resell, but you can easily sell this on a private sale for for what you paid for in a watch like this. So it's a great starter watch, but it's also a watch that can stay in your in your collection and, yeah. and kind of move. It's it's also a good piece with a lot going on with the movement and all that dial compli- you know uh, the completion of the dial, but in a smaller package. So if somebody, it's probably, it's the smallest watch on, up here. What's the teak dial, they call that, right? Right, but diameter-wise, it's the oh, yeah. smallest watch on the table. So, But look, was so. it 39? Uh, here, let me see. Put it on my wrist. So I have about a 7-inch wrist. So it's getting a little bit thicker. i got to lose some weight. All right. So what do we got here? I mean, I could absolutely wear this watch. We were trying this before. So it's got long lugs. Get a, a I prefer up. the newer uh, version on the rubber strap. Yeah, the rubber the straps are really cool. There's a lot of different variants. Well, this is just like a good everyday watch. This it's is also on you, I guess. I don't know. I I, I feel like it, it wears nice. I could wear this watch, but you know, this is a, this can be worn casual or it can be worn it's in the office. It's also a good so. uh, unisex option, without a doubt, too. Yeah. yeah. But if you're if you're if your friend's a mechanic, it's probably not a good watch for him. Yeah. All right. And the last watch on the table, um, besides the one in the box, is a watch yeah. that probably Jason's least favorite. Though I don't Here know what go. it is about. <laughs> so Tagwear Carrera, 
This is an old school one. It's super cheap, man. You can get these things. Even these, I, this one might have had a four or five thousand dollar retail. You can find these for less than two grand a lot of times. So, it's a it's a name that. So I know when I was growing up, there was two brands I knew of in terms of watches. It was Rolex and it was Tag Heuer. That's 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 the kind of marketing they do. They market both companies market to the layman, right? You don't have to be a watch guy to know what that is. So a lot of my friends before I got into the watch world, guys who if they got any money or they got a gift, a lot of times it ended up being a Tag Heuer. So it's it's well respected, maybe not in the watch community because we all understand why, because uh, we're snobs. This is what happens. Um, but it's still like a good everyday watch. If you buy it pre-owned, it's not going to cost you a ton to get out of. It's highly tradable. It's a nice chronograph, and it's respectable. <laughs> Jason, Jason's face when I said this watch was respectable. <laughs> I think you disagreed. But also a nice, okay. a decent price point. It's a comfortable watch. It's not, it's not a throwaway, but it's also like, terrible, right? Um, all right, so the last watch is a watch that actually I, I really we're like. doing that. an unveiling. Yeah. I like this watch. And part of part of what we're talking about today, too, is if you get somebody into watches, say you're going to gift them a watch, I the box sets. give like, you guys the scope of, of what we're well, talking as, about here. As, as watch guys, a lot of times, you know, the the impression of a box is gone after the first one you buy, right? Maybe, like, my first watch was a painter. I had a really nice pearwood box, and I, I thought it was amazing. Then I put it in the closet, and it just takes up space. But... It really makes an impression on you. So when you buy a watch like this, this is a $2,600 retail, long jeans, the big eye chronograph. Yeah, let's get the box. Yeah, I'm just just get the box here. So you can see what we're looking at here. So by the way, so you you spend, the retail is $2,600. You might not have to spend that on there. Can we get a, a close-up of the box on camera? Think so, of think of the message that you're sending across when your friend opens this yeah, box It's up. a real wood. I don't know what kind of wood it is. Um, is it real wood? I would assume. It's not real wood, whatever. But it, it's it's an impressive package. I mean, the, this watch, by the way, I think on the table is my favorite. In fact, I'm going to add this to my collection. And, uh, uh, it's between yeah, this and the Nomos, I mean, it's pretty. I I, no, for me, I think it would be uh, between that or the Black Bay. But so, I think the Big Eye probably reaches. Longies is an interesting company. They don't really have a great following in the U.S. They are humongous in Europe and in... Um, and in uh in asia right oh here pull it open under the under the, yeah, the insert wanna, that comes show, with a booklet too yeah look so the watch is badged right there's uh -huh. a presentation aspect to that um you know it's all about the presentation in something like this similar i've talked about you know it comes with a hard book which is something cool you know pride of ownership just all adding a, gift, a little bit of value. and i've talked about like with the speedmaster the box set that comes with that for right. for an inexpensive watch so yeah speedmaster is um, a good one too but you're gonna have to spend but, if you're buying a new one so know, but long jeans is known for this so like the legend diver budget brigade i like that it's true the yeah. legend diver comes mm -hmm. in a box set that's that's incredible for the price point like this is this is an awesome gift watch this and is not only that, but watch. it's a fantastic watch. Like it's a good cheap chronograph so, that you could own and, and wear and not worry about beating up too. Right. So twenty six hundred dollar retail. It looks like a Brigade Type Twenty One. It comes from a company that makes a lot of watches, but also sells a lot of watches. Right. Um, you know, this is not a company that you know liquidates their watches through dealers and things like this. They they make a ton of watches. And they sell them all. Maybe not in the U.S. They don't have a huge name, but. It's a respectable company. That's a handsome watch. It's a good-looking watch. This one has, uh, is it in-house movement? What was the movement again? Uh, I think I think they call it the L21. L21. Yeah. So they're part of Swatch Group, um, and so they have a lot of support, right? Um, this this movement, um, I think it's 6,200-hour 6, power reserve? I believe so. Yeah, automatic. It's a chrono. 
This is an awesome watch where every day you can swap up the straps. This is a fantastic watch for a starter or for a gift either way. Again, the presentation, that's why right. we brought the box box set here. But it's versatile. So like both of us have other watches in our collection and would add this. Whether or not it sticks around for years, I don't know. But I'd, I'd wear that for a little while. Hell yeah. You know what? It's, so I have like a like one of my first watches was a Stoa chronograph. So mm -hmm. it's like they have unmarked dials. This one would take the place of that Stoa. I could probably sell that Stoa for like 500 bucks. Yeah. And the cool thing too is like they have they have history. They've been mm -hmm. around a long time. They're respectable. Um, a column wheel chrono is yeah, what you get with this. Yeah, so, so there's it's, value. It's uh, got, you know, the, the reason that watch gets its name, the big eyes, because of that offset. Mm -hmm. And Josh and I are actually of different opinions on that. So um, going in, we actually had a training last night uh, for long jeans, which is where Josh got that sick hat. And I'm sure if uh, this show results in any long jeans sales, maybe we could find a hat for somebody. But um, I was going into that training wanting to see this watch. I think this is the watch that we both wanted to see. And I was a little bit... Uh, I was a little happy that that big eye wasn't as drastic sure. on the actual watch in person as I thought it was going to be. And you were the, of the opposite opinion. You were kind of uh, hoping it was going to be a little bit more drastic. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the watch is really, really clean the way it's laid out. Definitely has, uh, you know, it's military-esque uh, heritage yeah. uh, front and center. Um, I actually dig the uh, the big pushers. I think it makes the watch look a little bit bigger. It, well, it's people are saying in the, in the chat box about, uh, like, how the pushers are too big. But... On the wrist, so the watch sits flat, but the pushers sit a bit high. Yeah, it's kind of. I don't know if you can get it. Uh, see here. So you don't. It's not something they don't dig into the wrist. It's very reasonable. It's uh, the size and the fit, the finish is very, very reasonable on this watch. So, so look, it doesn't. I mean, if I, I gotta like, yeah, you understand. So where are you gonna get a column wheel chronograph from a Swiss-made watch company with a bucks. sapphire crystal for that kind of money? So I'm saying if you don't, if you're not like a big chrono guy, which I'm not, I don't think you are either. I'm not. No. It's a good watch if you want to have a chrono in the just to say, hey, I got a chrono in the in the collection. It's good that way. But it's also, you know, it's also a a good gift watch. So it's a good watch you could buy for yourself. Say whatever you spend less than twenty five hundred dollars on the watch, you have it for a few years. Then you know. You meet somebody and you want to get them into watches or whatever it may be, you gift it, and it's not going to kill you, right? Yeah, I think it's it, – I'd be hard-pressed to choose that over a Legend Diver just because I love the Legend Diver. I like the Legend Diver as well. But I have both, it's it's pretty awesome, I got to say. I, wanna, I, I hadn't put one on my wrist for any uh, extended amount of time and, and thought about it, but I do like the watch. I definitely would change that strap, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess. We got some comments here saying uh, – You put that see. on like a Horween brown strap. Oh, hell yeah. That'd be great, man. Um, you know, some people are not really loving the long jeans. I just, the company makes a ton of watches. That's what they do, but they sell them all. I mean, that's one thing. Like not I mean, every if, company, that, I don't, there's companies that make a, like a tiny fraction of their watches and, and can't them sell get, them all. Yeah, can't sell so, them all. But, I don't understand liquidity. how you could, uh, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Uh, everybody's opinion is their own opinion. I don't understand, uh, the hate that sometimes long jeans gets. Mm -hmm. Um, they're every bit the watch, you know, that, that some of these other entry level watches are. And for the price point, I don't think you can argue that there's something else that's made better. Right. Like I think running the, the idea, you you're running second hand. Yeah. I mean, they're, they, they know who they are. They cater to that, you know, one to, you know, call it mid four, $3,500 price range. And they do it really, really well. Tissot's with Swatch, right? Tiso swatch. So, yeah. like, that's what they were saying that, you know, their idea is that they're not going down into the Tiso range and they're not going up into the Omega range. So, it's one to $3,000 watches. The only, yeah, the only watch that I would say in Swatch Group um, they get some major competition with is Hamilton. And in that regard, 
There's way more Hamiltons that I would buy before Longines, just in comparison. You know, I could definitely own five or six Hamiltons really comfortably, mm-hmm. and there's maybe two or three Longines. Um, but for argument's sake, I mean, they make some... Hamilton's not putting out anything with the column wheel chrono no. at this price point. Now, do they have stuff with 5750s and 3s and 2s? Yes. But, um, you know, this, this watch, I think, bang for the buck, is probably... The coolest thing on this table. Cool, man. In my and opinion. So the last thing I want to say is just want to point out that there's a gentleman named 1989 OSU, and he thinks Jason has a very cute, nice wrist. Okay. All right, guys. So we're gonna we we ran a little bit long. Uh, we thank you guys for for playing along with us. Uh, I think this was a, this was fun. It was a good discussion. Um, hopefully, this kind of opened it up, opened your eyes up. If you have friends who. Uh, Give them some watches. All right, give give your friends some watches. All right, as always, subscribe. We're up to seventy three thousand subscribers. We want to get to seventy five by next week. So tell all your friends. We only need two thousand of your friends. Tell them to subscribe. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out on Instagram. Jason's got a new Instagram. You're on Instagram now, Jason. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, It's Evo Watches. Evo underscore Watches. I'm Mr. Thanos. This is Jason Main. Check us out. See you next week. 